Hello, I'm Marion Wright and welcome to Favourite Friends. I hope you enjoyed our last episode with Pastor Robin Stevenson because wait for it, there's more. If you missed the last one, make sure you go back and have a listen. This episode's all about India and Robin has tons of wisdom about finding purpose, especially when you're stuck in the waiting period of your life. Here she is. Let's talk about India. Great. So when you, I guess, realized the ministry was in your future and it was church-based ministry, did you have any dreams or visions of what that would look like in the future? Had God told you anything about what that would look like? God has never been detailed with me. Like <laughs> Is he sh- detailed with people though? Some people. Yeah. Like Sunday knew he was going to be a youth pastor. He just knew it. Did he? And then he knew he was going to be this. And for me, you know what, Marion, I've just always spent my life just doing what I'm meant to do now. Yeah. And then when God tells me to do the next thing, I just do that. Yeah. So I've pretty much tried every ministry possible in church. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just yeah. because God was, I now want you to do this or now I want you to do that. And then obviously when I was employed at IC, if Paul and Joe asked me to do it, well, that's what I was meant to do. So yeah. I just did what what fell in my hands. Whatever yeah. my hands found, found to do, I just did it. Yeah. Um, he did obviously give me a couple of things, showed me some glimpses or some pictures of things, but the context of those pictures, I have no idea. Yeah. I couldn't tell you, but I do know that they'll come about. Mm. I don't know where, when, or how. Mm. I just know that they'll come about one day. So I don't go. I don't want to spend my life always in the future. I want to make sure that I'm doing exactly what I'm meant to do now, and I'm bearing lots of fruit right where I am now. I am the most effective, and I want to give a hundred percent to where I am now. Yeah. yeah, that was one of the things that Pastor Joe was talking about, that we don't actually give enough time to the present. Yes. And what God's purpose is yeah. in, in the present yeah. and in the everyday and in sometimes the really ordinary acts of obedience. Because yeah. you, you guys were youth pastors. Yep. You you were a kids yep. pastor for a while. Yep. You guys were doing lots of things before you took on the campus, yeah. right? Yeah. So when, when did God start talking to Sanjay about India? Was it before you? No, me first. You first. Yeah, I always get the direction first. Really? Yeah, it's just the way we work. What What did he say? Like, what did that look like? Well, it was funny because we just moved into a house, we, our first house that we built. Yeah. And so I was packing, you know, unpacking boxes. And yeah. God told, spoke to me very clearly about two things. He yeah. said, the first thing he said was, um, don't get too comfortable in this house. You'll be out of here by the end of the year. And I'm like, oh, God, you're going to have to tell Sanjay that one because <laughs> he hates moving. He hates it. And so I said, you need to talk to him about that. I, I threw it out there to him and then I left God to deal with it. And then um, – but as I was unpacking, um, you know, Sanjay's mum had previously given me some silvakamis, which is a, an Indian women's attire. And so I was – I never wore them. And I remember – I was folding them up and thinking, why am I keeping these? And I started putting them thinking, oh, I should keep them. But then and I was like, oh, no, maybe I should throw them out because I've never worn them. But as I was thinking that, God clearly spoke to me and he said, don't throw them out. You'll need them one day. I'm like, what the heck does that mean? And I just dismissed it because, you know, it's like random thought. You keep going. Anyway, so God was obviously stirring something in our heart. We knew there was something going on, but we didn't know what it was. 
um, whether God was going to move us into another form of ministry in another area of the church. We weren't sure. We just knew God was stirring. And I remember having a, I was asleep one night and I had a dream. I couldn't remember the dream, but I sat up and I just woke up Sanjay and I said, Sanjay, I know what we're going to be doing next. And he's like half asleep because I've just woken him up. It's like 2 a.m. in the morning. He's like, what are you talking about? I said, I just had a dream. And God just told me what we're going to do next. And he goes, what? And I said, we are going to be a part of what happens in India. And Sanjay's like, that's ridiculous. You have no idea what you're saying, Robin. I said, no, that's what God said. That's what's happening. And then I went back to sleep. And then Sanjay, of course, was up for the rest of the night like, what on earth just happened? So that's kind of how it it all started. But then um, Pastor um, Paul and Joe have always had a heart for India. So it just lined up perfectly when we spoke to them about it. Yeah. How many years was it from that moment Mm -hmm. to moving? I think it was nine or ten. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's a long time to hold on to a word. Yeah, it was a very long time. Was that hard? Uh, no. You were pretty sure that that yeah, was it? Yeah, we knew that what was what we were doing. But yeah. like, like I said, um, I just was focused on what we were doing. And I, I love Brisbane. I loved where we were. I love the church. I love IC. Yeah. You know what I mean? I love serving Paul and Joe. So for me, I was happy where we were. I was happy if God was taking me away, but I was happy where we were. So I just, yeah, just loved where we were at the time. Yeah. I remember you preaching the sermon at West and you talked about how you were standing on a front row crying and everyone just assumed you were being touched by the Holy Spirit, but it was actually God saying you need to let Australia go. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. I literally had no idea. So like most of the time I can be comfortable with the next step because I have an idea of what it could look like. You Mm. know, I have some point of reference, Mm. but I had no point of reference for India. Mm. I'd only ever heard crazy stories (laughs) and I'd only ever heard horror stories. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You mentioned India and everyone has a crazy... Everyone's got a horror story. A horror story. <laughs> yeah. They don't tell you the amazing stories. They totally. tell you the horror stories. So I only had these horror stories. So I had no idea. We didn't know anyone. Um, didn't know Didn't know anything about the city of Mumbai. Didn't know where we could live. Did, had no idea. And so for me, um, but as well, I was happy where we were. Uh, you know, I was, I was happy. I did very happy. You know what I mean? And so I had to let go of the idea that I would have no friends over there. I had to let go of the the I'd have to be letting go of my friends and I'd have to be letting go. I most people don't like staff meetings. I love staff meetings. Letting go of staff meetings was a big thing for me. You know, letting thing go of the things I actually loved, the things I enjoyed. It's not like I was keen to get out of here because I didn't like it or I was unhappy. So for me, it was a, a process of letting go of something that was good, that I actually really loved and enjoyed, to hold on to something that was new and was bigger. You know what I mean? For me. So that's what it was all about. Were you ever angry at God? Like, why are you making me do this? Oh, there were times. Like, there were a couple of times when we first moved there. I'm like, what were you thinking? Sending me, of all people. And, um, but... 
like God's just, God's funny. Like I would just open my Bible and it's like there was a word right there for me. He sustained me in those moments. Because he gave you some words about India. Yeah. I think I remember you saying that he told you it was going to be the happiest you were ever going to be. Yes, yes, he did. And there was some other stuff. Yeah, Yeah. because I was really worried about Maddie and I was really concerned about what India looked like. And he said, Robin, you'll be the happiest you've ever been. Yeah. And I thought that was hard because I was pretty happy where I was. Yeah. 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 One of the things I remember talking to you about before you left was about faith mm-hmm. and trusting the word from God. And you said the thing about faith is that it backs you into a corner. It does. <laughs> right? And it sometimes does. it's a great thing. Yes. But it really makes you realize that faith leaves no alternative. No. No. And I, it was such a matter-of-fact way of putting faith. I think sometimes we make faith way more emotional yeah. than it is, but you were like, no, this is it. That's it. There's and I know no compromise. You said that, yeah, that at times it was like, seriously, God, I feel like I have no choice in this. Yeah. But that's yeah. the thing with faith. Yeah. Because <laughs> well, I remember saying to Sanjay just before we moved, I said, Sanjay, I'm really struggling with moving. And, yeah. like, and I said, only because I had no idea what was ahead. And um, I just said, um, I, I have a feel I really don't want to go. And Sandra just said to me, Robin, we don't have to go if you don't want to. And I said, well, that's a stupid thing to say. <laughs> and he, yeah. sa- he said, what? What? I think he thought he was being a, a gentle, kind, loving husband, you know, yeah. giving, reassuring me. Supporting I'm like, you. No, that's not the right thing to say. Of course I have no choice in this. I have to go. Um, there is no choice. God told me to go, so I have to go. And, um, yeah, that's just how it is. Like, no matter how afraid I was, no matter how daunting or, or how in, s- scary it seemed, like, God told me to go, so there's no choice. Yeah. I've got no choice. I read Batting Leibsch's book on the plane on the way to India. Mm. So we just finished up Encounter, and then I was mm. like, oh, I may as well just grab this for the plane ride. And one of the things I remember reading on the plane was, God is not interested in your discomfort. He's interested in your growth. And I was like, oh, well, that's a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> because we were about to do something that I also had no yeah. idea what to expect. And that's the thing, Absolutely. right? God's like, I know, I know what's happening, but I'm actually way more interested about what's going to happen when you're in, in Totally. I think people don't realize that, you know, they love the idea of achieving their purpose in life, mm. okay? But a purpose happens in stages. Mm. It, it's a journey, mm. okay? It's not an end destination. The end destination is heaven. There's many things you have to do on earth before you mm. reach there. And I think to get to the next step, there is an element of where you have to have faith and the courage to take the step. But a lot of people don't realize that when you take the next step forward, it often also requires you to let something go Mm. because you can't take what you had into the, you know, you can take some things, but there's some things Mm. you have to let go because it's just not applicable to your next season. Mm. It's not applicable to the next step of your purpose. Mm. And so you have to be willing to, yes, embrace what's ahead, Mm. but you also have to be willing to let go of what's behind. And yeah. What kind of things did you put in your marriage or structures in like your family to kind of prepare everyone for the change or to cope with the fact that you're moving countries, you're packing up your whole lives. Like I've I've said it probably twice now, when I'm in something, I'm 100% in it. Yeah. I just am. Yeah. You know, um, 
sometimes it's a good thing and sometimes it's a bad thing. But okay. so what I did is I just read as much as I could. Yeah. I Googled as much as I could. I yeah. found out as much as I could. Because yeah. all I'd been hearing was the negative and the yucky side of India. Well, I thought, well, there has to be some good things. Do you know what I mean? So I started focusing. This is where making sure you're watching what's going, what's, what you're thinking about. Yeah. So I made sure that I was focusing on the good things. Mm. You know, they had KFC. They had McDonald's. They have great, you know, um, free delivery, you know. Um, these, so there's loads of good things about India. So I, had, I just wanted to focus on those things and, and um, get, get to know what not just the bad things about India but what India was as a whole so I could kind of get an idea of what it was like. How did you prepare the kids? We just – we've been talking to the kids the whole time, Mm. you know what I mean? Um, You know, Sanjay and I uh, have – we don't – obviously some things we don't tell the kids but we take them on the journey with us, Mm. you know what I mean? We talk to them about – so we'd often say to them, hey, how are you feeling about moving to India? And just listening to what they had to say, mm. um, you know, what are you most excited about, mm. India? And, you know, Elijah, he said, eating with my hands, Do you know, little things like this. Oh, yeah, that'd be fun, you know. Um, then we'd also ask them, what do you, what, what, you know, what concerns you about moving to India? So we just honestly talked to them all the time. And if I found out something that was really cool, I would tell them about it. If I found out something that was, you know, you know, a little bit daunting, we'd, you know, we'd say, oh, you know, they say it's dirty there, kind of get them prepared for everything as much as we could. We just took them on the journey with us. Yeah. Didn't Elijah get a word from God about India? He did. Yeah. yeah. He actually told us, oh, God told me, um, I'm actually going to be the pastor of uh, India when you leave. Yeah. <gasps> really? Yeah. He did say that. Wow. Yeah. Was that here? Yeah, he was living here at the time. Wow. And I think that's one of the things I love about you guys is that you make space for your kids to hear from God. Mm. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. It was really awesome to watch. Yeah. So now, how long has it been now since you've been in Mumbai? Nearly two and a half years. It's three years in October. Crazy. Yeah. Um, now that you're on the other side of it, yeah. what, what strategies would you say to other people to use if your kids are going through massive changes like this yeah what kind of wisdom do you have to share from the other side yeah you've got to give them grace Mm. got to give them grace because they are facing something that they can't understand they can't put into words so you've just got to give them grace so Madison didn't want to have us talk to her about them you know what she was going through but so we gave her grace to have her bad days have her good days but guide her through it. Okay, sweetie, you're going a little too far right now, okay? Um, mm-hmm. But um, telling her it's okay, God's got a plan, God's, and just keep speaking vision, keep speaking mm-hmm. vision. That's all we could do was just keep speaking vision. And Madison had words before we left, so we kept telling, reminding her of those words. And we just wanted to keep her you know, focused that I know it's a tough season right now. It is a very horrible valley, but I can guarantee you there is a mountaintop on the other side. And we just had to keep speaking that vision into them. Um, we Obviously, we love them through it, but we kept just um, explaining that, you know, there was purpose for them as much as for us being there. So, yeah. One of the things I learned from you and Sanjay is 
about being on the same page when it comes to theology about God, when it comes to theology about the church. And I remember you saying, I think you said it, that your kids know when you're on different pages. They do. And you said that you never wanted to be responsible for planting seeds that were negative, especially about the church. And I remember you saying, because, you know, there was a season before you went where Sanjay was the principal of the Bible college. He was away a lot preaching. And the kids would ask you, like, dad's away again. You know, he's not going to be here for this thing. And I remember you saying that you were so intentional with how you chose to speak about the church and about your calling and about being on the same page between yeah. the both of you. And I think I'm still, I still, we exercise that yeah. all the time and we yeah. don't have kids, but yeah. you know, when you're yeah. on different pages, it's yeah. like unity is so important. Absolutely. You know, yeah, totally. Sanjay and I have the same belief. Disobedience is not an option. Yeah. It just isn't. And so we live our lives according to that. And the yeah. kids know that, you know what I mean? If we've, always yeah. told them that no no compromise but yeah. then also about the church we love the church yeah. it it's god's vessel yeah it's his his way of winning the ch- the yeah. the world okay yeah. it's his bride do you know what i mean yeah. and so we just love the church and yeah. we've just really tried to instill that in the kids as well yeah no the church is amazing is it perfect of course not of course it's not yeah but that's because there's imperfect people in the church but that doesn't mean that there's something wrong with the church. The church was created by God with purpose. And so I just love it. I love it when it, because it, it, it works. It actually works. And um, I love being a part of it because I find purpose in it and I find um, joy in serving in it, um, you know, whether I'm p- paid or not paid, whether I've got the stage or haven't got the stage. I just... I just love the church. It's just, ah, oh, it's it's my greatest passion, greatest passion aside from God in my, you know, God. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm. Thank you for teaching us that. Oh, my pleasure. I think it definitely makes it easier to stick around when you understand yes. how to love the church. Yeah. And I think I remember Sanjay saying that, I think sometimes we put way too much value on the place that we have in yeah. the church rather than what God is doing through the church. Yeah. And I remember him saying to us in India, when you understand what's happening at like a macro level with yeah. what God is doing with the church, yeah. then it doesn't matter where you serve. Nah. It doesn't matter what you do. Nah. You're just part of it. Yeah. And it's actually changing the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Every part's important. Yeah. Honestly, every part is important. What was one of the most unexpected things that happened during your move? I think for me, the thing that has astounded me the most is that we arrived, we didn't know anyone. And the fact that we have incredibly faithful, loyal people surrounding us just amazes me. It really does. I just think you, God, the strategic planning you put into this is so perfect I could not have imagined it you know even even just the simple thing as the 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 timing that we moved across because we were originally going to move around across in July but we ended up moving across in October 
And um, when we arrived, it was during this thing called Diwali. Well, they had 50% off everything. So we were able <laughs> to get a lot more to yeah. put in our house than we could have yeah. if, if it wasn't on. So even that was perfect. Yeah. But I was reading my Bible um, probably about it, oh, sometime last year. And um, I, I'm fascinated with little details. When I read a story, you know, um, if I read a little detail, I'm like, why, did, why is that detail in there? Like there has to be a reason for it. So I was reading the Bible one day and it referred to the number 14. And so I started looking into 14 and I knew that the number seven meant perfection, okay? And then I started looking into the number 14 and um, it actually said that it, it all, I guess the way I could explain it was, it was like double, like it is like ultimate perfection, you know what I mean? Like it's double seven. It's double perfect. You know what I mean? It's like the ultimate of perfection. And then I, I went, hang on a second. What day, what day did I move across to India? And I looked and went, oh my gosh, we moved across on the 14th of October. Wow. And it was just God's way of, you know, just kind of showing to me. I knew exactly from before time the moment that you should move across here. And I had planned everything to perfection for you to move here. And honestly, we've got crazy stories of the challenges we've faced there. But to be perfectly honest, we're pretty blessed. It's been, you know, God has really made a lot of things a lot easier than they should be as well. So it's it's just been a miracle in motion. What do you think we most misunderstand about Indian culture? Because a lot of us are where you yeah. were. Yeah. We, all we know is the horror yeah. stories. Yeah. And people getting sick from the food and someone getting kidnapped. I don't know who told me a story about kidnapping before I went, but I was like, no, thank you. That's kidnapping. very helpful. Really? And very encouraging. I'm telling you, everyone has a horror story <laughs> yeah. and that's all they tell you. Look, India is actually a beautiful place. Yeah. The people are incredibly friendly. And the thing I probably love most is that they are such a family culture. And, you know, we've had um, people come across and visit quite a lot, you know, in the, in the time that we've been there. And whenever those people have left, um, they have left a hole in the heart of every single person that we know in India because they just fall in love with them and, they, and they're part of the family instantly. And I love that about them. They're very accepting, very warm, hospitable people. And I think probably the... If I think superficially, the thing that people probably think most about Indians is they get annoyed that they seem to not pay attention to, you know, personal space or little things like that. You know, they they push in or I was actually at the airport once and someone was telling me, oh, must be Indian because they pushed in, not realising that most there's rude people everywhere. But when you live in India and you see the amount of people that live there, if you do not take a step forward, someone will get in front of you. So they learn to just get as close as they can to people because someone where there's a gap, they'll take it. And so once you understand that, you realize, oh, yeah, it's easy for me to have a meter gap between the, me and the person in front of me because there's only, you know... 26 million in the whole of Australia. Mm. Well, you look at Mumbai, there's that many people in one city. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I think um, it's been really good for me to just 
um, get to know the culture and have a greater understanding of the way they think and why they are the way they are. But Indians are beautiful people. If you ever get to know them, they are the most hospitable people, generous people, and um, they will embrace you and include, they fall in love with you instantly because they're used to family and yeah, they'll make you feel like you're part of the family straight away. I wrote a piece for the magazine when I got back from India. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that has always stuck with me is the fact that the things we call radical generosity yeah. is just what they do every day. Yeah. Like none of it is radical for them. And I remember one of the things they used to get so annoyed about was the fact that we would keep saying thank you. Mm. And they would be like, why do you keep saying thank you? Your family. Like, yeah. Hey, we're just doing this for you. It doesn't matter if we've traveled yeah. two hours to, you know, do this thing with you and help you do this like they'd almost get annoyed it was almost offensive to them yeah because because they didn't have like criteria for us no they just instantly embrace you instantly accept you and when you're part part of their family that's it yeah what is mine is yours yeah that's just how it works Yeah. yeah so it's it is very very nice to be a part of that culture There's lots of women that find themselves in positions where God has given them a word Mm -hmm. or show them something about their future. Mm -hmm. And then what we enter into is a big season of wait where we know God's doing stuff Mm -hmm. and um, we know that there is some level of preparation but in the middle, it's very confusing and you just have moments where you're like, did you really say that to me, God, all those years ago? Did you actually really tell me that thing? What would you say to women like that who are struggling in the wait season where they know that God's given them a word, but it just hasn't, hasn't come into fruition or maybe not in the way that they thought it would? Yeah. I guess you've got to come back to that thing. You've got time. You've, you've just got time. And even though God lives out of time, he's still aware that we have time. And I think the comforting thing to know is that, you know, when God gives you a word or tells you something or shows you something, you know then that it's going to happen, okay? So we just got to trust that it's going to happen. And that's where faith comes in. But the other thing to note is that um, while we can't see what's happening, God is actually working in the background, he's working in preparing for the perfect moment for it to come to fruition, for the for the moment for it, you know, to step into that. If you go too early, it can it can just be a, a rough season when God had designed it to be an easy season. Do you know what I mean? If you go too late, then you may have missed great opportunities that you were supposed to have. So God has the perfect timing and he aligns up the right people at the right time. You know, moving to India, I saw that at an even greater level. But even simply just telling you, I remember when I was 18 saying, God, where's my husband? You know what I mean? Why am I not married? I'm so old now. Do you know what I mean? And just thinking it was taking forever. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. I get to Bible college. Why is it taking forever? Then I realized later, of course, it, it didn't happen then because Sanjay was at school still in Queensland. Do you know what I mean? He had to finish that part of his journey so we could meet later on. So God's actually working on things in the background and it just comes down to trust. You just have to just trust that when God says he's going to do something, he's actually going to do it. So Really, you don't have to pray when, when, when. What you have to pray is, God, help me to just trust 
and yeah, there's a work stay in the, the weight. There's a work in the weight. Yeah, that's cool. Mm. Let's talk about the women in India. Okay. Who, oh, some of the most amazing people I've ever met in my life. Um, Indian culture has a certain belief about women. Yeah. You know, um, for lots of reasons, history, tradition. There's yep. lots of mindsets. Tell me about some of them. How are women traditionally seen in Indian culture? Uh, women are actually treated quite badly in India. Um, I th- it's changing. Mm. It is changing. But, um, you know, um, you, you see then the fact that women are still uh, seen almost like a commodity where um, they're given to a husband uh, for his family. Do you know what I mean? Um, oh, look, I don't want to say too much negativity about it because there's lots of things about the Indian culture that really does treat women well as well. Um, but really, I think it's more that women have an, are not seen as people that have much to offer. You know, um, a man, of course, like if, if you have a boy a little baby boy he's going to grow and to be a man who's going to earn money he's going to provide for you when you're in your older age um but a woman no because she's going to be married off and then she's going to be a blessing to the husband's family not to yours so they seem of, a, of less value um because they don't believe that a woman can be independent a woman can actually go and um go and earn great money for herself because i just don't think it's it's traditionally done um, and yeah, I think that's what it, what it really comes down to. Yeah. You and Sanjay have, um, seen many women or gotten to know many young women yep. who have had moments where they've realized that they have purpose yeah. and it really contradicts sometimes with how their culture sees them. Tell me yeah. about some of those women who have really found something transformational in understanding God and their place yeah. in the kingdom. I'm passionate about this. Yeah. I, I really know. am passionate about this. And, you know, one thing I really love to do when I connect with people is I just love to speak vision. I just do. I want them to think bigger. I want them to imagine greater because you can't be connected to an incredible God and do mediocre stuff. Do you mm. know what I mean? You just can't. And I don't believe a woman is born to be tied to a sink for the rest of her life. Now, that's not to say that being a mother or a wife is is not a calling because it is a calling. Some women are called to do that, and that's a good thing, but not not every woman is to do that. I would go nuts living full, working full-time in a house. I need to have purpose outside of the home. But um, I value women who are incredible mums because I learn from them. I watch what they do and I'm like, I love that. I'm going to use that myself. Um, Some women's passion are are that. But I really just love to inspire women to think bigger. Just think bigger. Nothing's impossible. You can do anything. And I just love to actually get the girls in India to start dreaming but also to start believing that they can do something of great value and and importance so I even tell the little kids at our church um, in kids church I reckon there is a prime minister of India in this room and I said it could be a little girl or it could be a little boy and um 
you know, we, we teach this in every aspect of our church, but I think um, where we've seen it the most effect, obviously, is it's the girls in our church who are actually raising the most. They're becoming the strongest leaders. They're becoming the most incredible communicators. Um, they're becoming growing in confidence and boldness. But um, but also we're teaching the boys. You know, girls are just as most important uh, as you are. They have a call just as much as you do. And um, we're teaching this from kids' church all the way up. So we're teaching this to our children as well. And I think um, the thing that really got me was um, the children's coordinator came to me one day and she said, oh, we've got this incredible story. And I said, what's the story? And she said, um, there's two boys who come to our kids' church and we've been just teaching them about, you know, the purposes of people, of women and boys and girls, just, you know, just teaching them the things that we to dream big and all this sort of stuff. And we're teaching them to love and respect everyone. But um, she said that they went to their uncle's house and um, while they were there, this uncle was always paying out this young girl because she was a girl, but also because she was dark skinned because they really put dark skin down and so and these two little boys stood up to their uncle and said uncle you should not actually treat speak to her that way she's actually a child of God's she was created in the image of God standing up to their uncle which is not done in India yeah and said you know she had she is um just as important as we are and you need to change the way you speak to her I thought wow to see that it's not only the adults who are getting this, but also the kids are also getting it is really exciting for me. That's yeah. amazing. Mm. One of the things that's happened in India that I just think is so amazing mm. is um, you're in a Bollywood movie. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Where did you talk about it? Was it Favour last year? Yeah. Or was it Encounter? Well, no, I didn't. Joe keeps, keeps bringing it right. up. Yeah. You were a cop? Is yeah, that right. An yeah. American police officer. An American police officer. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the kids have done some ads. Ezekiel, can you believe? Uh, yeah, Maddie and Elijah and Ezekiel have all done TV ads, but yeah. Ezekiel is our superstar. He is on He's on little billboards in shops now. He, yeah. he is a sought-after kid. I've been getting messages even since being here. Amazing. Is, is Ezekiel available on this state? Is he available on this state? Um, and I've had a couple as well, but, yeah, I'm obviously here, so I can't do it. Mm. I imagine that some people might look negatively at that decision. Yeah. Have you gotten any backlash? No. 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 And, and it wasn't something we pursued. Yeah. Um, we just think it's a way that God's providing for us. And, Amazing. yeah, so um, Zeke is a natural. Yeah. My gosh, you get in front of him in front of a camera and he just, he brings out these awesome little poses. Um, yeah, he really likes it. And, you know, we give him a poor, he earns the money. You know, yeah. we give him a portion of the money, but we yeah. keep some aside for the family as well. It's an amazing way for God to provide. It is because right? the thing is it doesn't require a lot of time and we can um, still do what we're doing in India with that. You know what I mean? It doesn't encroach on what we're there to do. Yeah. 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 What I wanted to ask you to conclude with is to talk about what what do you think women get wrong in finding their calling 
and finding purpose in God and in their lives. What do you think we most misunderstand about it? Oh, I think, um, okay, I'm, I'm going to be just very honest here. I think Please. the Please. thing that we actually get wrong is we think that our purpose is our choice. Uh, as soon as you think you have a choice in your purpose, all of a sudden you have the ability to, to say yes or no to God. And I think that is the biggest mistake we have. And I think we have to come to a point where we just go, you know what? God's purpose is the only purpose. And when we have that, we don't really struggle with letting things go. We don't struggle with, you know, opportunities we think we should have. Do you know what I mean? I'm the most gifted. I should have that opportunity. Well, if you know that your purpose is actually designed and orchestrated by God, you actually don't have a choice. And, um, yeah, but then you actually find that um, you just actually discover what really is in your heart and you've just got to be able to trust that God has the perfect purpose for you and he has the perfect journey for you. And when you choose that that's the only way I'm going to go, life's incredible because you're not fighting him. You're not fighting you know, uh, the direction he wants to give you, to, to take you on. And all of a sudden it's exciting. It's not difficult. It's, um, it's, it's very exciting because he actually achieves more than you could have dreamed, hoped or imagined. But if you fight him on it, you may never discover it. So, yeah, stop fighting. That's what it says in the Bible. Those who um, seek to keep their life lose it, but those who give up their lives, find it. And that's essentially what it is with your purpose. You've just got to go, I actually don't have a choice in this. I can talk to God about it, but I ultimately he has the final say. And you get at peace with that, you'll be fine. You get at peace with that, you'll totally reach your purpose. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you reach out to us on our Insta at favor.women to tell us what you got out of this episode. We would love to hear from you. Make sure you subscribe to us in iTunes as well to keep up to date for our next episode. And if you want more information about us, we'll see you over at icchurch.com. See you next time.